Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 10. We continue on in our walk through Hebrews. <laughs> I don't know about you who've had this experience, those of you who have ever been children. <laughs> but uh, when I was about eight or nine, I would hear this from the other side of the house, maybe about eight o'clock at night. Mijo, take a bath. And I would do everything to ignore that command, but I knew it was coming, and my mom would draw nearer, and then I'd hear the water running. Mijo, take a bath. Ignore it some more, act like I was playing, didn't know what was going on, didn't understand English. <laughs> I didn't know who Mijo was. My name was Ernie. <laughs> and then finally she would grab me by the ear and take me in there and throw me in the bath and say, okay, clean everything behind the ears, you know, the whole shebang, right? And I'd, you know, do everything I could not to get any water anywhere that other than just what I had to sit in. Because I wasn't about to use soap, for crying out loud. That's ridiculous. You can't, I'm a child. Childs are built to be dirty, made to be dirty, and stay dirty, right? So I would just sit in there, and she'd close the door, she'd leave for a while, and I'd you know, do splashing sounds and do all this kind of stuff. And, and then I'd get out of the bath after like two minutes and dry off, you know, just dry off my legs and my, my middle section here, and then I'd start walking out with my towel going into my bedroom to put my, my, my PJs on and, and my mom would say, eh, eh. I'd see a hand come around the corner. Eh? i go, what? Menaki, come here. So I'd come over and she'd go, go behind the ears. Get back in there and get those gears. Get back in there and use soap this time. You know, and all that kind of stuff. She knew. I don't know what it was. It was a sixth sense or, you know, it was maybe the rings of dirt around my neck. That were a giveaway. The smell usually was a giveaway. You know? You couldn't hide. You couldn't hide from mom that you weren't all the way clean. Well, I would go back in and wash up correctly and use soap and even use shampoo. Ooh, shampoo. And then it was actually after that I would feel clean and good. And I'd go to bed and my sheets felt better, you know, and everything just, I was more relaxed and all, you know, all that kind of stuff went along with the bath. I know you moms know better than us children, but there's an aversion that we have to cleanliness at that age, especially boys. Sometimes we don't learn from our childhood lessons very well, and as adults, sometimes we pretend to be spiritual clean, spiritually clean, but we're still dirty. We still got rings around our neck spiritually. We got stuff behind our ears that we're trying to hide. We didn't quite use the soap of the Holy Spirit in our life to cleanse us fully. We've just said we are clean. We just said. And I think there's many people who walk around in church and walk around outside who say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. But they're really not clean. They're not walking in cleanliness. They're not walking in being set free. We talked about that last week. How do we let the chains off of us and how do we keep them off of us 
and how do we continue to walk in the freedom of living a life in the Holy Spirit and not in the flesh. And so this morning as we read Hebrews chapter, starting in, in verse 12, Jesus is speaking and he says, but when this high priest offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made a footstool because by one sacrifice, he was made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First it says, he says, this is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. You can't keep sacrificing Jesus when it was a one-time deal. That's done. Past, present, future, done. Don't think we can keep putting them up on the cross because you messed up this last week. That does, that's not how it works in the kingdom. Therefore, brothers, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open to us, open to us through the curtain that is the body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, full of assurance and full of assurance of faith. I don't know about you, but when I'm dirty, physically, I can't wait to get in the shower. It's a whole different ballgame now than when I was a kid. You know, if I get a little whiff of anything off, <laughs> I want to go get in the shower. Because I want to be clean. There's a different mentality now for me. And in the same way, spiritually, do we have that mentality. And as soon as we let the, the, the sins of the world or the, the worries of the world or whatever takes our focus off of God, when we begin to let those things creep into our life and dirty us on the inside, can, are we so sensitive to that to we, we just want to go to the Holy Spirit and say, cleanse me, Lord. Wash over me. Make me clean again. Get this stuff, get this dirt off of me. It's, ah. See, we have, to, we have to spiritually get there because we have a high priest that paid the price for us, because it has already been done, because we want to go to God with a sincere assurance of faith that we will be acceptable to him because the sin has been dealt with. In Habakkuk 13, it says God can't even look upon sin. He can't have it in his presence. So if you want to be in the presence of God, you've got to deal with your sin on a constant basis. Now, I'm not saying you lose your salvation every five minutes. <laughs> May it never be. Although none of us would have a hope. Trust me. Okay? But because he paid the price once and for all, are we living in that freedom once and for all? Or is this a, are we going back to the Old Testament way of understanding God where, okay, yeah, I went, to the, I went to the temple, I offered my sacrifice and all of that, and God accepted it, I'm free, but then I go home, and 20 minutes later I sin again. Duh! 
Now I've got to go back to the temple and bring another sacrifice if I truly want to be right with God. And we keep having to sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice. Well, Jesus is the sacrifice. You can't continue to sacrifice him because it's already been done. Now the thing is, do you live in the freedom? The freedom helps you to not sin if you have a mindset for that. When I go out to eat at a really nice restaurant, <laughs> and I know it's going to be messy. Like I remember Cindy and I would go out to, to eat at, uh, we'd go to Krabby Bob's, not, not our Bob, but another different Krabby Bob. <laughs> <laughs> what? And, and Cindy would get the crab legs and all that, and I'd get the lobster, whatever, and they would give us bibs. There's a reason for that. Because, you know, Cindy would start with the crab leg and she'd grab the hammer, right? Whack! And then stuff would just fly everywhere. So I'd be up with the napkin like this with my eyeballs just looking over. Because stuff would be hitting me. And then I'd be with my, you know, with my lobster, you know, pulling the butters flying everywhere. If you had nice shirts on, it just got on you. So they gave us a bib. We had protection. A flak jacket, if you will, against the food that was flying, the stuff of the world that was flying our way. Hello, the Holy Spirit is our flak jacket. The Holy Spirit is our protection. The Holy Spirit is what will block the images and the things of the world that come and bombard you. But you've got to put them on. Right? What does it talk about the armor that, that Paul talks about, right? What's the, shi- what's the shield? The shield of faith. We've got to put that out in front of us to stop the fiery darts that are coming at you 24-7 because Satan doesn't sleep. That's why he's so angry all the time. He doesn't have any sleep. And he's angry at us because Scripture says that when we believe and trust in God, our sleep is sweet. Just a side note. So, are we can, do we, have we taken a spiritual bath? Do we have a clean heart? And it, the evidence is internal as well as external. You can be all peaceful and all that kind of stuff and then hate your neighbor. That don't work. There has to be the evidence. The evidence has to be on the outside. You can't say, oh, I love, I, I knew a guy. He told me this. He says, oh, I love God with all my heart, soul, and strength. Really? What's your problem with going to church, people? <laughs> so you hate people, but you love God. Sorry. That, those things don't go together. That's like jumbo shrimp. I mean, there's no such thing. Jumbo shrimp. It doesn't work. <laughs> so what's the etern- internal evidence that we have. Look at verses 18 to 22. And there, the, the and, and where these have been forgiven, that's you, you're, you're the these, I'm the these. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have a confidence to enter into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, what's in the holy place again, remember? We've been teaching about this. What's in the holy place? In the temple. The mercy seat, the altar is outside. 
the, the most holy place is the Holy of Holies. We have what's in there? The Ark of the Covenant. Very good. What's in the Ark? The Ten Commandments. The Law. The Law of God. Okay? What's on top? The Mercy Seat. What else is there? God is there, but when does He show up? Not during. When the blood is sprinkled on everything. When the blood covers everything. Then God comes up. Remember we talked about this? How he, he comes down with fire and he laps up everything? So that's a brand new clean room every time. Wow! We went through this. Remember what it's made out of out in the, out in the desert? It was made out of wood and curtains. None of it burned up. The only thing that burned up was the blood. The only thing that makes stains is blood. And he got it all out. You remember we put up the thing, the Ark of the Covenant, had all the intricacies of all that stuff. You ever try to get blood out of crevices and stuff? You can't do it. Watch CSI. That's how they get you. If you're, if you're going to do somebody... No, I'm just... I'll say, all of us, no, I got to say it now. I got to say it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna whack somebody, you got to do it like Dexter and get a big plastic room. Because there's then there's no crevices. That's a freebie. He's like, where is that? But look what he says here. Look what it says here. There's a new and living way around the curtain. Remember the blood of Jesus. And by the new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his blood, which I just talked about. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. It has to be external and internal. Do you have a clear conscience this morning? Is your conscience clear? Clean? Nothing in there that you regret. Nothing in there that you, you're holding on to. Because if we have that sacrifice that has been completed, you should have a clear conscience. But it takes faith. You have to believe what God says about you and who you are, not what you think you are. Some of you look in the mirror and you don't see a godly person. You see your regrets. That's not a clean conscience. That is a conscience in turmoil. That's a conscience that is believing what the outside world says about you, what others have said about you, or even what you said about your own mistakes and your own self. Not what God says about you. God says you are more than a conqueror. God says you are forgiven. God says you have been set free. You've been bought with a price. You're no longer yours. You're His. You're His daughter. You're His son. And He is well pleased with you. Do you believe that? If you don't believe that, then you're not living in this freedom that I'm talking about. You're living under condemnation. 
And the condemnation isn't coming from God because he already paid for your condemnation. He already set you free from your condemnation. He gave you the keys to get out of jail. He gave you the card, get out of jail free card. He gave you all that. The question is, are you walking out free, never to go back again? Or is it like we turn into the children of Israel again? You get halfway out of Egypt, they go, hey, you know, Egypt wasn't so bad. Let's go back. We had leeks and onions. Okay, well, what about the breath that came with that? You guys want to talk about that? You want to talk about the slavery, the beatings, your children and your wives being taken from you and being used by the Egyptians? Let's talk about that. We forgot, well, the leeks and onions were amazing. Really? Other than being free? So the internal as evidence that we have is a clean conscience. We have a clean conscience because we believe what God says about us, not what we have said about us. Now, how do you know what God says about you? Hello. There's an old version and a new version of what he believes about you. And it's all the same version because it all comes from love because God is love. And he loves you. And he proved it. Not only did he prove it internally by saying he loves you, by putting, that, putting his eye upon you in love, but by sending his only begotten son to die for you. That's the evidence on the external. He did something about it. And in the same way, when we have a clear conscience on the inside, it should cause us to act differently on the outside with people. I was at a, at a meeting with a client in, uh, in City Terrace just the other day, Friday actually. Um, the contractor built part of the house wrong. And so I had to be there with the contractor and the owner and then the contractor's owner, or the, 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 the foreman, and, then, and, and we had to talk about how this got messed up because the contractor was blaming me, but it was on the plans. But there was a discrepancy on the plan. But I cover myself because one of my notes on the first page of the plan saying, if there's a discrepancy in the plan, you call me so that we can figure it out before you build it, right? And I started to feel a little bit testy with the guy. And that, I told him, I said, I said, did you see this note here, right here in the front? And I started to get a little sarcastic. Not me, I know. Yeah, but. And, uh, and then I noticed that he started to put up a wall. And I was like, oh, this is not good. Because now we're going to get into a, well, I, I won't say what the word the guys use, but it's, it's a, <laughs> we're going to get into who's, who's who. Who's got the control here? And the owners are right there because the owners got to pay for it. So then I backed off a little bit and I go, you know what, um, I see that there's a discrepancy here. And there is a note that says that you should call me. And I'm sorry that that didn't work out. But let's see how we can fix this. And so I backed away. And then he kind of came down a little bit. And says, yeah, that's all I need. Is a, I just need a, a drawing. Show me and we'll fix it. We'll take care of it. I'm like, okay. 
And it could have get it could have got ugly. Like, who do you think you are about? You know, we could have went into that whole show. I've been I've been in meetings like that. Not that I was doing that, but other people. <laughs> it requires us to understand that the blood of Jesus covers all our sin. And it requires us to live in a way because the first thing that came into my mind when I started to see things elevated was, you know what? I'm being prideful. It's not about this guy right now. It's about me. I'm, I'm wanting to prove that I'm right. That's not what this is about. This is about getting this fixed for this owner without them having to be charged an arm and a leg to fix it later. And so we worked it out. See, sometimes we have to change our focus on what's going on and understand what's going on inside and say, you know what? Jesus would try to find the most peaceful way out of this. How can I find the most peaceful way out of this? You change your focus. Because I was right. But he thought he was right. And we ended up both being right by doing it a different way. Because ultimately, it was the owner that needed to be happy, and the owner ended up happy about it. You have an owner. Are you making him happy? Or are you trying to be right? When you have a clean conscience, when you're living under the Holy Spirit, you're making the owner happy. The master, our God, our King, our Lord, who already paid the price for you to be free, make him happy by not doing your thing, but putting yourself down to do his thing. Well, you don't like that. No, no amens on that, huh? Really? Thank you. That's the hard part, folks. That's what we need to do. So what's the external evidence? Look at verse 23 to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day, capital D, approaching. The day of his return. The conscience is the indicator of the inside. What's an indicator of the outside? How did Jesus say people are going to know we're followers of him? By the love we have for one another. Do we really love one another? Warts and all. Because that's what a family does. I remember seeing my cousins and my cousin and his wife and they were going at it. And then I stepped in the middle of it tell them to tell them to chill out. And then they started going at me. <laughs> they backed each other up like that. You know? And we're like, what the what just happened here? You guys are going at it. He goes, Oh yeah, but now you're coming in between us. I mean that's that's us. They were working, yeah, exactly. 
So sometimes it's the same. Are we, are we so, yeah, we're going to have some disagreements. We're going to have some difference of opinions. We're going to have, but are we still tight? Are we still united? Are we still loving and caring for each other? Because that's ultimately what we're going to be called to account of. How do we love one another? You know, I, I love the fact that it happened right in front of Jesus. Was it John and, was it Peter and John's mother? Is that right? Or James and, James and, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, look it up. Anyway, go to Jesus and say, hey, make my two sons sit on your right hand and your left hand. And then the other disciples hear that and they go, hey, who do you think you are? And Jesus kind of ignores the other guys for a minute. And he talks to, the, talks to the two guys and he says, are you guys able to drink the cup that I'm going to drink? Meaning, are you, able, are you willing to sacrifice your bodies on the cross to be beat up the way I'm going to be up, to have your blood spilled unjustly without a peep from you? To die for many? They said, yeah, we will. He didn't explain it like that. He just said the cup. He, they didn't know what they meant. He didn't mean, he didn't, he, they didn't know what, he, what that, that meant at all. That, oh, yeah, I'll take a cup. I'll drink out of a cup, and I'll do that for you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. He says, no, you guys, you guys aren't. You guys can't do it because you got sin on you. But you are going to drink the cup later. You are going to be sacrificed later. It will come upon you later. But to give to my right and my left, that's not my authority to give. It's something with my Father in heaven. Besides, Jesus is sitting on the right. That's already been given to him by his Father. There's no more room, yeah. I don't know who sits on the left. We'll find out when we get there. I'm sure we can get into theology about that. But the point he talks about here is do we, do we fulfill the promise of a clean conscience by true love on the outside? And that's the reason why we're getting together on Wednesday night, to talk about that. But also, how do we show that here? How do we show that with one another? I mean, it was great. It was great being at the Masses yesterday. I mean, just hanging out and eating and having conversations around the table, some we knew, some we didn't know, and all that kind of stuff, and hanging out or whatever. And no fight broke out this year. That was awesome. <laughs> Tables weren't being thrown around, all that kind of. It was great. Food was wonderful. That's what I'm talking about. You know, some of the tightest families I know gather together on a weekly basis. Whether it's Sunday after church, they have a big to do at their house, whatever. I don't know about you. I don't know if you ever remember those days. Back going to grandma's house or going to so and so's house, and then it was community happening. Life was happening. We were talking about our issues. We were talking about our problems. We were meeting with other, talking to people who were wiser than us, getting input, whatever. It was awesome, hanging out, sometimes even causing trouble. But we need to love because the greatest commandment is that we love our neighbor as ourself. We need to love one another. So how do you know your heart is clean? You can hide and pretend, but to no avail because God's got a good sniffer. He can smell it. He smells it coming. You know, He's got good eyes. He can see behind the ears and in the mind and in the heart.
We're going to take a moment. I'm going to open it up for prayer. And if there's some business you need to do with God, take the time right now to do some business with him. If there's some conscious, conscience stuff you've got that you need to let go of, let go of it. It's, it's, it's nasty stuff. It doesn't belong in the kingdom. Why would you hold on to it? Let it go. Maybe it's a way of thinking, a way of being. You've got to let that stuff go. And if you need prayer for anything, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come on up in just a moment. And we want to pray with you and for you. The wise one, as the day is approaching, as the Holy Spirit is coming, as, 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 as the day is approaching, meaning the day of Christ, his revelation is coming again. As that day continues to approach, because every day we get closer to it, the wise one takes off the facade to stand before God with a clean heart. He's, he knows it all. You can't hide from him. If you don't know him, today would be a great day to know him. Today would be the day to receive Jesus in your heart, to be cleansed of that conscience dirt that is in you, because only he can clean it. Only he can do it, because only his blood covers it. Jesus always used to say this, and I think it's true. He who has an ear, let him hear. Let him hear. So Lucas, why don't you come on up? You can play just a little bit. If you feel like you just want to take care of business with God right there in your seat, go for it. But if you would like to come forward and have prayer, come on up and have prayer. Let us pray with you and for you.